This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One Venture X business card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. President Biden is turning up the pressure on Congress to fast-track additional military aid to Ukraine. Legislation for supplemental funding has been stalled in the House for months. And Pierce Osmakhalid reports that Biden's request comes just hours after Russia launched one of the largest air attacks against Ukraine since the war began more than two years ago. In its latest barrage, Russia fired more than 100 missiles at Ukraine. In a statement, President Biden described it as the largest aerial assault on Ukraine since the war began. And he said the air defense systems that the United States and allies had sent to Ukraine helped intercept many of the missiles and save lives. But he also warned of the risks of not providing more help. The stakes of this fight, he said, extend far beyond Ukraine. They affect the entire NATO alliance and the security of Europe. Some Republican lawmakers have been unwilling to approve more Ukraine aid unless the White House also makes concessions on immigration and border policy. Asma Khalid, NPR News. A day after the Russian barrage, the Russian Defense Ministry says air defenses destroyed more than 30 Ukrainian drones. Officials say the drones were spotted in the skies over Moscow and several other regions. Fierce Israeli tank fire and airstrikes have been continuing on Yunus in southern Gaza. Residents have reported intense gun battles between Israeli troops and Hamas fighters. The BBC's Yolanda Danel in Jerusalem has this update. Israeli forces have been pounding Khan Yunus, seen as a stronghold of Hamas, as they prepare to advance further into the city. There's also been intense bombardment of Nusrat in central Gaza. With new Israeli ground operations driving tens of thousands of people to flee, there are reports of an increased spread of diseases. In the past week, the UN's humanitarian agency says it's been able to bring in hundreds of thousands of vaccines, but it complains only a trickle of aid is reaching Gazans. Israel says it's not limiting aid and that the problem is with distribution. Google has settled a class action lawsuit that claimed it tracked users' private browsing data. NPR's Derek Kerr reports. When someone uses Google's Chrome browser in what's called incognito mode, they assume everything is private. But lawyers who sued Google on behalf of possibly millions of people say this isn't true. The lawsuit alleged that Google secretly tracks people using incognito mode and collects their data, meaning the search giant could learn about people's hobbies, shopping habits, and, quote, potential embarrassing things. Google tried to get the lawsuit dismissed, saying it warns users their activity might still be visible. The judge rejected that bid. A trial was set to begin in February, but the two parties reached a preliminary settlement. The terms of the deal were not disclosed, but the lawsuit initially sought at least $5 billion. Dara Kerr, NPR News. And from Washington, you're listening to NPR News. Prosecutors say there's no need for a second trial of FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. In a letter to the New York federal judge in the case, prosecutors say any evidence they would present would duplicate evidence already shown to a jury. SBF, as he's known, was convicted last month of fraud and money laundering. Prosecutors say there is a strong public interest in promptly resolving the case. Bankman-Fried is scheduled to be sentenced in March. National Weather Service warning that conditions could remain dangerous 
dangerous along California's coast today. The coast was hit hard this week by powerful ocean swells kicked up by Pacific storms. A rogue wave Thursday overran a beach in the city of Ventura and sent eight people to the hospital. On the final day of trading in 2023, stocks closed mostly lower, but Steve Beckner says it's been a bullish year for financial markets on the whole. As the year wound down, Wall Street was in high spirits, but that outcome was not expected early on. Investors faced uncertainty as the Federal Reserve kept raising interest rates to curb inflation. Recession warnings abounded, but the economy proved surprisingly strong, even as inflation cooled. And when the Fed projected three rate cuts next year, stocks went on a record-breaking tear. The Dow Jones Industrial soared toward 38,000, finishing the year up almost 14 percent. The S&P 500 rose 24 percent. The biggest performer was the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite, which climbed 43% to over 15,000. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner. And I'm Giles Snyder. This is NPR News.